another bank just shut down. Regulators today abruptly closed Signature Bank. Kinds of uncertainty surrounding the banking sector tonight. Markets tumbled in North America and Europe, dragged down by banking stocks and alarm about Credit Suisse. The two biggest geopolitical rivals of the U.S. want to counterbalance the dominance of the dollar worldwide, and Russia is increasingly embracing the yuan. I am an ardent defender and a lifelong defender of civil liberties. And Bitcoin is both an exercise and a guarantee of those freedoms. Welcome back to the Bitcoin versus the Banks podcast. I'm your host, Milan Sinojevic, and joining me today is Bobby Shell from Voltage. How are you? Hey, doing good. Good, man. I'm talking to him now that he's on a full stomach. I started this call and I had to jump off because I was dealing with a baby and he needed some food in him. So we're all good now. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube or uh, Rumble, please like and subscribe. Hit that notification bell to stay updated. Uh, keep in mind, we're also on Spotify and pretty much every other streaming platform. Uh, so Bobby, uh, there's gonna be a lot of people out there that are new to Bitcoin, just entering the space, maybe that not really that familiar with Lightning. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into Bitcoin, uh, and uh, sort of how you joined up with Voltage. Yeah, um, so my background, I've uh, been an entrepreneur since I was a little kid. At 11, started my first company, had a lawn care company, and I've always been passionate about sales and marketing. My dad, uh, whenever I started the company, was like, you know, pass out flyers, hit every house in the neighborhood, you know, get 100 no's, and you're going to get yeses. And lo and behold, that was true. And digital marketing, you know, we call that a conversion rate and um, ended up getting anywhere from 15 to 20 lawns a summer and just learned the power of, um, you know, building your own business and earning money. Went to school for marketing, got out, worked at a digital marketing agency for over a decade for small businesses and e-commerce businesses. Um, during that time, I learned about Bitcoin in 2017, which was really fun. You know, I started with a lot of the altcoins traded, made a bunch of money, never sold it, lost all that money. But um, Bitcoin seemed to be the thing that on Twitter, no one stopped talking about um, during the bear markets, you know, and it just held my attention and um, ended up just taking all those losses, moved it into Bitcoin in like 2018, I believe. And ever since then, just stayed active in the community. And, um, you know, 2019 happens, 2020 hits, COVID comes about. And at that point in time, Clubhouse was getting really popular. And anyone who was around Clubhouse back then was a part of probably one of the coolest, most like just like a culturally rich Bitcoin communities there was. Um, every Thursday night or Wednesday night, I forget which day, but there'd be Bitcoin uh, chats and like everyone would be there from like Caitlin Long to like uh, different founders. Nick Carter was there, Alex Thorne, um, G, a bunch of other people. And it was so fun because weekly there was just always something going on. We were talking about it and it grew to be a half a million people. And I got pretty well ingrained in that group where I was constantly on stage talking. My Twitter presence kind of grew. And, um, you know, I got to a point where the job I worked at and I was tweeting about this yesterday, I was making tons of money and it was a very easy job, but I was just not happy. You know, Bitcoin was at 50 or 60K and I was just like confident and I was like, I want to leave my job, you know, and uh, I just tweeted out. I put in my two weeks, I'm quitting the fiat world, I'm coming into Bitcoin and all these things converging was good because I had, you know, a couple thousand followers on Twitter. So that got retweeted and shared a bunch. 
Um, and what's cool about the Bitcoin community is people rally around each other because we have this common interest of sound money. And that was awesome for me because it got hundreds of likes, like 50 plus retweets. And I had 20 DMs of open roles or CEOs saying, hey, we need to hide for hire for marketing. And one of those was Graham Krizik, the CEO of Voltage. And I went through the interview process, um, was weighing a ton of different options and companies. And um, Graham was patient enough to let me just go back and forth with him quite a bit and um, settled on working with him, did like a two-month contract. It went great. And um, coming in the next month, I'll be two years at Voltage. So it's been a really fun um, just opportunity to work in Lightning and to just be a part of the Bitcoin community because it's such a great group of people. And, um, you know, now I'm here with you. So that's a short story. <laughs> awesome. Um, just out of curiosity, are you paid in Bitcoin? Um, no, I, I send it to my bank. Okay. The the reason I ask is because you were saying how you're trying to leave the fiat world. I'm I'm in a similar boat. You know, I I work as a teacher full time actually, and of course I get paid in just Canadian dollars. And uh, I mean, I, I like my work, but ultimately the dream for me would be to to make it you know exclusively working at you know as part of this podcast, um, getting paid in Bitcoin. Um, I mean, if I can get my teaching funds paid in Bitcoin, that would be great. I I don't think my employer will go for it, but who knows. Um, <laughs> The, the story that you kind of said, you know, kind of harping back to 2017 and essentially dabbling in all these shit coins, it's amazing how many people go through that experience. I, I went through the same thing myself. I, I can say, fortunately, I didn't lose all my money. Uh, I think ultimately I was up by you know, very little, but more or less broke even. Um, but, you know, there's, as you know, there's a lot of people that kind of enter the quote unquote crypto space and they avoid Bitcoin initially because they're looking for that big gain, right? They've seen it go from couple pennies up to now it's like around 29.5, I think US. Um, so they're worried they've missed the boat. And, you know, the hard lesson you learn after losing your money is there's, there's all these other things. And then there's Bitcoin. And, um, you know, once you go down that rabbit hole, and you actually start learning, really knowing what you're getting your money into. Um, there's, there's really only one option, wouldn't you agree? Yes, that is very true. There's a lot to learn about beyond just uh, tokens and trading and yield, like a lot of these things that have become popularized. But yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about some of that more. Yeah, and I think like that's that's part of it is uh, the people that get into these altcoins, they they will flip, they'll they'll trade for you know one thing to another, trying to sort of arbitrage uh, things, make a little bit of profit here and there. Uh, I, I used to do that myself, and generally I got burned. Kind of get that like dopamine hit where you do well and then all of a sudden you lose four or five consecutive trades um mm -hmm. and bitcoin is this other thing where you're actually like inclined incentivized to hold on right develop those diamond hands um but you only do that when you've got the conviction and that's that's all about researching doing the time and i don't give investment advice in the show like you know i, I openly admit like bitcoin's like the really the only thing i put my money into but um yeah once once you develop that conviction everything else just kind of seems like Pointless in a way. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, so you're part of Voltage. Can you kind of give us an idea or a breakdown anyways of like what your company's doing? Um, I think it's important for people to know some of the developments that are happening in the space. And I think Voltage, you guys are kind of one of the main leaders in it. So yeah, just you got all the time in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So Voltage, we're one of the, if not the first uh, lightning infrastructure providers out there. And um, what's really 
cool and unique about us is unlike a lot of um, lightning infrastructure providers who are going about building like a custodial model. So it's in, in, in some ways like a walled garden of how to handle lightning where you just place some code and boom, now you can have lightning payments. We're making it so that businesses can create their own node, have their own private keys, manage their own UTXOs. So if you're new to Bitcoin and lightning and that doesn't make sense, it means you're not having to trust us to run the actual node for you and manage it for you. While it is our infrastructure and you have to trust that we're going to deliver the service to you, obviously. The thing is, is you have your own private key, your node, you're not sharing transactions with others and you have those UTXOs. And um, beyond that, by having your own node, you get insights into your users because you're, we're targeting businesses. You can see what types of devices they're using. So Thunder Games, a client of ours, uses us and they see like what regions their customers are living in, what type of wallets they're using so they can better optimize customer experience. Um, so that's what's really cool about, I think, us, what we're doing in building a non-custodial solution, which is definitely the hard way, but long-term, I believe it's going to de facto be the way in which people want to use Lightning. Um, now, what's also unique about us is because we're not building this wall garden of sorts, we're also building and structuring our entire platform where it integrates and works well with any other Lightning product and service. So when you're in our dashboard, you'll see very quick and easy connections with tools like Albi, the Chrome extension, or Zeus Wallet, which is on your phone. If you want to connect your node to your phone and be on the go, which I love doing, you know, um, I don't necessarily like managing hardware at home. I do it and tinker with it, but if I'm running payments, I don't want something at my house to like fudge with that. So it's great for uh, me. And then there's other tools like Lightning Node Connect, which has a lot of great capabilities, Lightning Terminal, um, LN Bits, if you're a builder and tinker, um, and you want to build like physical items or like payment processing, you can use LMBit. So we're making it super easy and like super fun for just the most creative builders in the world to use Lightning and do it all in one platform. And beyond simply the nodes, you can get liquidity. If you're in Lightning, you've probably heard the term LSP, Lightning Service Provider. It's basically when you spin up a node, you can't receive payments because there's no money on it. You just have a node and it's like, well, what do I do now? Well, we have what is called just-in-time liquidity. So when someone tries to send you a payment, it opens a channel on your behalf so you can receive that payment without waiting for on-chain confirmations. So that's a major problem in Lightning that needs to be addressed. I think everyone's trying to solve it, but we have an MVP, uh, like a initial product set up uh, that does that. And Mutiny Wallet, the um, it's like a progressive web app that allows you to spin up a Lightning wallet in the browser since uh, the App Store kind of, you know, controls what can be done on a phone. It makes it so anyone in the world can have a lightning wallet and mutiny is focused on privacy. So that's really cool. And then lastly, beyond nodes and liquidity, people who run nodes, businesses who run nodes, they need to make high quality decisions. So they want to have access to analytics and tools and insights into their node across long periods of time so that they can make quality decisions to improve experience. And that's what our product Surge does. So Long story short, we're just building an incredible toolkit and ecosystem that can be leveraged by anyone building on Lightning, but it's also accessible to um, the plebs. And um, one thing that like a lot of us that are in Bitcoin who are just like hardcore, like avid fans, you're probably using Noster if you're on Twitter and listening to this podcast. And we have a free Noster toolkit where you can log in and make your NIP5 which is your identifier for Noster and associate that NIP5 with a Lightning address so that you can send and receive 
Bitcoin payments over Lightning as easy as an email. And that's just a fun free service that is like really relevant for like the hardcore Bitcoin fans. But we're a B2B focused company. We're here to help enterprises and businesses so that adoption can continue. But we have some fun and cool stuff for the B2C customer too, as well. So that's awesome. Sounds really, really disruptive to me. I mean, you could tell me if I'm right on this. It, it almost sounds like you're kind of the equivalent of almost like a Shopify. Like you are, you're helping onboard businesses. You're kind of streamlining things, things that businesses don't want to have to deal with or think about. You're kind of like uh, taking their hand. You're kind of doing all that like grunt work for them, just making their lives easier so that they can function as I guess as they normally would. Yeah. Yeah. Like when it comes to nodes and infrastructure, it's like, we're like the AWS of nodes. You can just spin it up and boom, you're off to the races or, um, with liquidity, boom, instant access. And same with the analytics. Like there's a tool called Datadog. If you're an engineer or like a tech guy, you've probably heard of Datadog and it gives you that information. But um, yeah, you're spot on. It's about making it super easy. And uh, the way it's structured is like very modular. You know, you don't have to be a voltage node customer to use our LSP or to use Surge. Like if you run LND at all, which majority of the Lightning Network runs on, we can get you connected to Surge where you can have the data analytics tool. You're not forced to use everything that we provide so that's what's really cool too is it's giving people options you know that's what builders especially at this early stage of lightning need is just optionality to use things that best fit their needs and uh, i'm grateful that the company is focused on doing that and helping people get just access to you know what we need to get this thing moving forward does voltage have some sort of target audience yeah, we're B2B focused. So a lot of our audience uh, right now, like uh, most lightning startups use Voltage. Um, so uh, clearly like the, the startup, like founders and just tinkerers, like they use Voltage a lot. Um, but also the target audience for us would be um, public Bitcoin miners. Like some of them use us. They're coming to us and saying, hey, we have a lot of Bitcoin. We want to deploy it into lightning and find a strategy where we can earn yield in a risk-free way by providing liquidity and routing payments. Um, there's also exchanges like Swan Bitcoin, who's recently been adding lightning support. Um, so that's another great use case. Um, Thunder Games uses us to so like Bitcoin gaming. Like if you want to send and like receive sats out of games, they're a customer. Um, Podcast Index and Adam Curry, like the value for value movement, like people building like these value for value tools. Um, we have a lot of customers there. Same with Vita. Like I use Vita personally. It's a, a live streaming app where content creators can go online and their audience can directly monetize them. And then I can push my content into like Twitter, YouTube and whatnot. And um, those are some examples of uh, customers of ours, but we're typically B2B focused. It is accessible to the B2C crowd. But um, like I said, we're really focused on helping businesses and enterprises and people who are rebuilding the web uh, under a lightning standard so that we can have just better user experience and instant payments. That would be the typical user of our product. Do you have any like small businesses that are, let's say, owned and operated by an actual Bitcoiner, uh, somebody yeah. who's looking to integrate lightning into their payment uh, processing? Do you have anybody like that that's sort of coming on board too? Or is it just like these sort of big corporations? Tons of people like that. Yeah. So we have BTC pay server available on voltage where if you've ever tried to set up BTC pay, it can be like a pretty substantial amount of work. If you're brand new, well with voltage, it's, it's simple again, where you can just click and we handle the deployment and just the maintenance and everything where updates one click and it just does everything for you. But there's a lot of 
small shops that use BTC pay, whether it be e-commerce stores, um, Bitcoin Park in Nashville, you know, all of us uh, hardcore Bitcoiners that pay attention to these communities and satellite groups popping up all over America. Bitcoin Park uses Voltage exclusively. Um, and there's a lot of communities all over the world, like in Brazil and in Africa, uh, like Bitcoin, Akasi, and some of these others, they're using Voltage to power their local infrastructure for payments and for fundraising to these global audiences. So whether you're an enterprise, whether you're a pleb, or whether you're like a small business or even a community across the globe, like we have the capability and are currently serving a lot of those people, which which is really filling for me. Like I've got a, a heart for people and I've done mission work in the past and it's hard to, you know, sometimes find times to do that. But I feel like Bitcoin in a way is really like related to mission work because if you're able to give back to these people who need it most, if you can't physically be there, well, man, money and decentralized money is freedom. That's what Bitcoin is. And to be able to give that infrastructure to someone in need is pretty heartwarming, like for me at least. So that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm actually reminded of a documentary I watched where, there was a uh, I remember what country it was. It was somewhere in Africa and they were using lightning. People could send money to a school and they would power on the lights in that school. And I just thought like, that's, nice. that's so freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, what was I going to ask you? Oh, um, so if let's say I'm opening up a coffee shop, you know, that's just my thing, right? I'm an entrepreneur looking to open up a shop. I want to integrate lightning. Um, thinking about it anyways, and you find out about it. What's your pitch to me? I'm very curious to kind of hear that. Yeah. So you're a coffee shop who sim simply wants to accept Bitcoin. Like what would the pitch be? Yeah. Cause I don't want, you know, uh, I don't want to work on the base layer where I'm doing five to seven transactions an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And that I, makes know, sense. I know that if I run my own lightning node, it's just going to be a headache. So like, how do you kind of like, how do you convince me that voltage is the right way to go? Yeah. Yeah, so I would probably leverage the Bitcoin Park example and explain to them in practical usage why it's valuable. Um, when you get on Voltage, spin up a Lightning node in two minutes, one click, spin up your BTC Pay server, click, and then link your Lightning node to BTC Pay. And then within a web portal on your BTC Pay shop, you can add all of your products. And this is how Bitcoin Park did it. And every month, two to 300 people show up for these events and they're paying in Bitcoin, but you just have a web portal and it's like, here's my espresso, here's my coffee, here's my chai latte or whatever. One click, you say, I wanna buy, you hit checkout, it pops up that invoice for the user and they can just scan and they're done and they can pay in Bitcoin. So um, if they're asking that question, I assume they get the value of like, why Bitcoin, why instant payments? But really the question is why Voltage? Well. You as a shop owner, you don't want to have to deal with hardware and infrastructure and managing updates. And locally, like the internet can be spotty, which is can make it challenging for you to receive payments. But um, what's great is if you can have your node and BTC pay just running in the cloud and accept payments on the go, even if your Wi-Fi goes out, let's say at the local business, you can load up BTC pay on your phone and your browser and still accept payments from customers. So it just gives you some additional freedom and autonomy and um, you're not having to deal with updates. It's one-click updates. Um, it can connect with um, everything else that you're doing pretty seamlessly. Um, but Bitcoin Park is probably one of the best examples. I actually got to use their uh, POS uh, a couple of weeks ago at the Lightning Summit, and it was delightful. It was so easy. Just kind of selected my product, paid the invoice, confetti shot everywhere, and I was just out the door with my uh, my coffee and my coconut water. That's awesome. I mean, it's such a great feeling when you do pay with Lightning wherever you are. Um, yeah. 
I never thought of, you know, Wi-Fi going down. That's such an important point. Like I was shopping at a supermarket not, not long ago. And for whatever reason, their, their Interac, their Visa credit, you couldn't use any of their POS systems. They're like, we right now, all our systems are down. The only thing we accept is cash. And you could see like 90% of customers just started leaving. They just left their shopping carts. They're like, I'm done with it. Um, so the fact that you can sort of have this workaround, I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, because if your local internet goes down in your building, but the the cell tower works, just tap into the cell tower with your iPad, you know, um, or your your phone and still accept payments. But yeah, not the most common problem, but when it happens, boy, is it convenient. So yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we've we've kind of touched on some of this, but how do you see the Lightning Network disrupting traditional finance? Yeah. So I was talking to a gentleman about this earlier today, and his question was, why should institutional investors not be scared of this? And why should they think it's not going to replace Western Union? And Graham, our CEO and myself, were talking yesterday about cross-border payments, Lightning disrupting it. And if you think about it, if I send US dollars over Lightning to someone else, and then they receive it in their local currency, it's typically going to hit a bank. So we're still going to see this slow legacy system in place. Um, hindering payments in a way from like settling instantly. So even though it's settled over Lightning, it still has to settle within that that local infrastructure. So Lightning will revolutionize payments, but I don't think it's necessarily going to globally be over cross-border payments, for instance. I think what's really compelling is it will be done with APIs and AIs and a lot of these topics we're seeing right now. But to take a step back from that before we dive into that is one of the big problems in America is cash flow, like uh, chasing down unpaid accounts. It's it's a big trillion dollar problem. So there's that. Like, how can we improve that with the Lightning Network? The other component, um, when I was doing research the other day, thinking, how do we help enterprises use Lightning? I stumbled across some research from 2020 that said failed software deployments. So organizations just trying to deploy new software solutions the amount of capital wasted due to that failing is $2 trillion yearly. So we think about a brand or just an entity like using Lightning and considering it just from doing business historically and like any software IT service, like it's kind of known there are tons of costs with us messing this up. So how do we help people overcome that hurdle? Well, it may not transform the the payments of the world immediately, but the thing we are seeing happen is content creators online, um, digital experiences online, they're being revolutionized and those business models are being completely flipped on their head thanks to Bitcoin. And if you've been paying attention on Twitter, anyone who's in the Bitcoin space, you probably saw this like NPC girl trend where people are throwing up these like TikTok coins and she goes, um, yum, yum, slay or whatever. And they're just like yep. pretending to be fake. Well, this girl, she's taken home like something like five grand a day. But if you look at the receipts from TikTok, she's actually making like 20 grand a day. TikTok's taking 75% of that money. So if that doesn't just get the attention of people and get them to realize, hey, it's possible right now to build platforms where you can give content creators 90, 95, 99% of their earnings, that's 400% increase to your yearly income nearly in a lot oh. of these cases. Um, you know, the app store takes 30% and so on, like all these services, they're the middleman. I think what's going to happen is these, these web tools are going to change and it's going to be from the ground up that people adopt it. Cause if you look at children nowadays, they don't want to be astronauts or athletes. They want to be YouTubers. They want to be content creators. And one thing that's certain is like us as adults, like we're not necessarily trying to be pro content creators and make it our full-time career. 
granted, it helped me get a Bitcoin job. It's going to help you land your Bitcoin job because you're speaking to a lot of influential Bitcoiners like Jesse, who's like a CEO of a big company. But what's happening is content creation is becoming a core staple of who we are as a, as a community. So if you don't have a website, if you're not on social adding value, if you're not telling your story and differentiating yourself from other people, you're not going to be the one that's considered or qualified in a, a job or a potential deal that's getting done within two businesses. And I believe personally that the investment and like human capital that we put in ourselves and our personal brand. So like, for instance, on Twitter, I have almost 8,000 followers. And last month I had 4 million impressions. Theoretically, um, within the next year, if I was like super aggressive and trying to like monetize myself, I could probably make like two to three grand a month. Now, I'm not trying to do that. But I think businesses will, in fact, take advantage of that on people and they will hire people who have big reaches. What companies are doing this currently? Unchained has a strong team of people with big reach. Swan Bitcoin, they built an entire like referral system with with the like Swan referral link and like most of their employees have big reaches and they've leveraged that to build like a media like empire in the Bitcoin space. The same playbook, and this isn't new, this has like been going on for years. It's just these are practical Bitcoin examples people can understand. Brands are going to hire people that have reach, that have social capital, who have reputations, who have trust with the market and the people they influence. And that's going to be really valuable. And I think as kids who want to be content creators, that catches up with us as people in the current workforce who have to have a personal brand. When those meet, Lightning is going to meet both of those and intersect it. And that's going to be what I personally believe will force organizations and institutions to use it. But in the meantime, there's a lot of B2B companies who are considering it. They're in our pipeline. You know, We're having to sign NDAs and we can't talk about it. They're considering it, but are they going to move slow? Absolutely. And the cross-border payments probably isn't going to be the first thing that gets game changed. It's going to be on the internet with like the, the AIs, the APIs, which I know we'll touch on, and just the convergence of the personal brand and everyone wanting to be a content creator and us monetizing our online ability. So long-winded answer, but I believe that with all of all of me. No, I agree with you. I mean, as a teacher, like, it, and I teach elementary school, I come across so many kids that already have their own YouTube channels. Or if I ask them what they want to be, a lot of them mention, like, I want to be a YouTuber. And like, at first, I, I thought that was odd, just because like, I never saw myself on the internet, you know. Um, and it's, it is kind of weird, all of a sudden, I've done a complete 180, where I'm making more of a presence myself. But, but absolutely, like, it's this wave of young people that for one, they're, they've grown up with the internet for me. Like I came into it when I was grade five or six or whatever it was, but they've, they've lived with it this whole time. They've lived with YouTube. Um, and it's just, it's sort of ingrained in our culture today. So I, I agree with you hundred um, percent. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how, like you said, companies sort of leverage this opportunity, hire the right people that are going to get their sort of product and voices across. Um, and yeah, Bitcoin lightning specifically is going to be such a key part of that. So Man, you guys are going to be disruptive if you aren't already. That's crazy. Um, To to what extent have you noticed the Lightning Network grow over the past like year or two? Yeah. Um, When it comes to like the public statistics, like you mentioned, um, um, like Amboss Technologies, like they track, um, you know, channel size, uh, capacity on the network, a lot of this. Um, Clearly, capacity is going up. more Bitcoin and like crypto focused apps are integrating the Lightning Network. Big exchanges are using it. Binance obviously has done it. Um, 
institutions are considering it. MicroStrategy has made their app to create like an incentive structure for employees within organizations. So there's a lot of bigger names adopting it and becoming normalized. But what's also in terms of like lightning growth that's really cool is there's a lot of like physical things coming into the world. So like uh, ben Ark, who, who uh, made LM Bits, like we have that in our dashboard, and you can you can make gumball machines, you can make video games that are lightning focused, you can do all kinds of stuff like sticker dispensers. There's a sticker dispenser in Bitcoin Park. You pay an invoice and it kicks a sticker out. So there's a lot of like physical, like real world uh, use cases. There's tons of wallets and advancements happening where people can have like a better experience. Um, uh, custodial experiences are getting better. Um, uh, River, one of our competitors who does lightning uh, infrastructure as well, they make some awesome reports that like validate that lightning works well, like their payment success over like the last few years, I think it was 70% from their own node that they ran initially. And then they optimize it. Now it's at 96% plus because they've just been intentional on in optimizing their node. And when you think about it, when people say like lightning has failed or lightning doesn't work, it's like, that's really not true. Like the problem that simply needs to be solved is where liquidity is sitting in the network and when it needs to be balanced and optimized so that money can simply flow. Cause that's it. Cause river did it well. They're at 96% payment success. Imagine that for every node. Well, what could do that? Automation tools and uh, Lightning Labs, they've made some really great tools that automate liquidity for nodes so that channels rebalance and it's helping solve for this. But that's what's really exciting to see is the tools in place that kind of remove people from it and these algorithms and decision-making tools can put liquidity where it needs to be so payments can simply flow. You know, That's what people really want and what people need. And that alongside better user experiences, it's all happening. Um, so that's cool. And another thing I have to mention is uh, LDK, Lightning, Lightning Development Kit. They're building and they built an implementation that's purely made for mobile experience. So the, as that rolls out and becomes more commonplace, that's going to be truly exciting because now Lightning can function better just from a mobile perspective, meaning receiving payments when the phone is offline, meaning like the screen is off on the phone. Cause in order to receive a lightning payment right now, the wallet has to be open and running. So solving for that is going to be huge so that money can operate and move in the, in the lightning world, like in the fiat world. Well, I know that, uh, you know, in development are other layer two, even layer three protocols. Are you guys involved in any of those or is it just strictly lightning network? Yeah, we're purely building for, lightning network right now um the way our business is structured though is like as new protocols pop up like arc we'll eat like and let's and let's arc supposedly like according to the engineers who get this stuff is a couple years out like it's not even necessarily going to be live anytime soon there's a lot of hurdles that must be met but let's say arc goes live and it's available we have a very easy way to implement that and make it a part of what we're doing so while we're not currently aggressively exploring that because it's not like a thing yet um, we have the capability to integrate it and make it a part of our stack pretty seamlessly. Um, and as far as layer three, um, I know a lot of folks who use the word layer three, they're talking about things like um, Sonoda or I think CivKit where um, you can build like, let's let's say leveraging Noster and building on top of Lightning so the marketplaces can run. There, there seems to be like a lot of different definitions of what layer three actually means, but a lot of these like, quote unquote, like layer three um, companies or ideas can leverage voltage to use them. But um, we're not constantly like internally discussing like layer three day to day, for instance, we're really focused on building incredible lightning products and things that'll help advance the L2.
Yeah, fair enough. To be honest, like, I don't even know what layer three means. Like I'm very Same. familiar with lightning. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. familiar with lightning to me, like as long as it works and it can scale as, as it has over the past, however many years, um, I don't feel like we need anything else, but I mean, obviously I could be wrong. Yeah. We're going to see how things play out. Um, but you did mention Noster. Um, how, how do you feel that like Noster and lightning go sort of hand in hand together you've kind of mentioned that a little bit with like some of the content creation that's out there um you know like one of the places that my podcast um is, is on is fountain and luckily for me like people can send me sats they can boost my show um so how do they kind of like uh have a symbiotic relationship with one another yeah yeah um so i've actually this week specifically i've been writing tons of nostra content and trying to produce it to like help people understand exactly this and how they're symbiotic and like how they work together is Noster is an open source decentralized protocol, just like Bitcoin. And what's great about that um, and specifically about Noster, what developers love is how incredibly simple it is to build on top of it. Now, while I'm not an engineer, all I hear from every single engineer is how insanely easy it is to build new use cases and just applications with it. Um, and the, and a lot of times, like you're seeing stuff be spun up in just a few days, at least according to the people who are building it, they say it's like really fast. So that's cool to hear. And the fact that that's true because it's text and quote unquote, like other, other stuff. Um, right now we're seeing on Noster, obviously like messaging, we're seeing images hosted, we're seeing some video hosted. I think what's really cool is in this first use case with like Twitter or um, like the Civ kit where there's these like decentralized marketplaces, it's going to be great where commerce can just happen in a decentralized way with lightning payments. That's really huge. And then the idea that people can just share something online and receive value or a tip or a vote of support is going to be meaningful because um, like Mac, Max Webster, I've read some of his stuff. He's a VC from Hivemind and he's talked about like how Google will be replaced. And it would be interesting if uh, like AI works with Noster, content on Noster gets upvoted or backed by lightning and sats. And because people have paid money to validate this is true or good, it would hold a higher weight in the algorithm as far as being ranked on the internet. So something along those lines seems really cool. And what I like about that is in this world of like chat GPT and, and these language models is if we do end up in a, in a world where we just ask a question to an AI and it spits an answer, um, I want to know that, or I want to know how that answer came to be the one I was given. Like, why is it true? Like, um, is that backed by like sats and value or was that someone in power said it and it was just kind of been fed into this system. So I think with open source protocols and right now GPT and a lot of these AIs that we use on a, on a, just a, at home, like the practical examples we have now, they're closed source as these things become more predominant in society. I hope that they are open source. I hope they integrate with tools like Nostra and Bitcoin, and we can transparently see where these results come from. And I think the fact that these protocols that are open source are more adopted, um, that will lead to hopefully outcomes that will create that level of transparency so that we can, you know, check and verify versus simply trust. So um, I feel like I'm ranting at this point, but that's no, it's, at least it's where, cool, where my mind goes. Well, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that they're all closed source. I, I haven't really thought about that. Like, I, I know that deep down, in, like in my head, but I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if one day some AI will develop its own open source technology, right? Sort of from scratch. 
and how that all plays out. Um, yeah. Is there a way that like you guys at Voltage are leveraging AI? I'm curious. Yeah, a lot of the guys on the team um, talk about it and there's ways we could use AI, let's say to like automate liquidity management. So like, let's say you have one channel, like if I open a channel to River or BitRefill or something, um, and I spend to it, um, it's probably going to be successful. But on the inverse, if I have a bunch of inbound capacity from another great peer and I have money over here, like it could probably successfully flow because I'm only connected to like great peers. Well, what'll, what typically happens is if you have one channel where it gets unbalanced really quick because there's a lot of liquidity being sucked to that side, you could write scripts that say, hey, whenever it's um, more than like 60-40 balanced or 80-20 balanced, just loop a payment and rebalance my channels for me. So you could use um, potentially AI to like more fast or more quickly discern stuff like that. And um, I mean, we could use AI too for like email marketing. I've been talking to one of our guys about that, how to be uh, more intentional with the messaging we send and email marketing and there's possibilities there. But um, I'm no, I'm no expert in AI. Like someone who is, is probably like, Bobby's already saying stuff wrong, but um, there's definitely <laughs> ways where like AI can um, work and help lightning. It's just a matter of, um, you know, exactly what, but there's tons of possibility there and it's definitely going to come down the line. What do you think is going to be the sort of main catalyst that's going to drive for lightning adoption? Is it going to be all of the content uh, websites just starting to implement it into their sites or is it going to be something different altogether? Um, I mean, it's just going to be a spike in the Bitcoin price. Um, I mean, there are catalysts. Um, I've spoken to folks about this, like typically when people get interesting in lightning, there's like some catalyst, like price movement or, um, BlackRock, when they mentioned they're going to do this ETF, like within that time frame, there was a lot of interested parties like learning about Lightning. I think there will be multiple catalysts like price point, some big rich person saying it. But I think mainly it comes down to um, people using it. And granted, we're a B2B company and there's a compelling case for businesses to use it. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to people. You know, people run organizations and institutions it's made up of people and i think for the next generation because this is a, a 40 plus year game plan it's not a, a short-term thing like bitcoin and lightning i think it's going to be the usage within the web today these rebuilt experiences that are open source that give people just freedom to use online services and payments i think that's going to be what really transforms the world because um that's what's exciting for people is having just instant access, you know, I'm from a small business world. If you don't pick up a phone call and answer the lead immediately, you lose 75% of your business. That's a Harvard business review fact. If, if someone Googles something and they don't get a result, like when they go to a landing page, they bounce and they go backward. It's going to be the same thing with our money. Like we're used to getting stuff instantly. And I think people want that. They want access. And that's, what's really going to move the needle. I believe is us as individuals, like having those delightful experiences. I agree with you. I, th I think part of it too is, um, I mean, as you know, so many people are kind of stuck in their ways. They, they're too afraid to change. So the the sort of current system that exists, I think you just have so many businesses that are either afraid or just a little bit um, apprehensive to, you know, to, to switching from using the visas and MasterCards of the world to this yeah. system that they, they don't even understand. Right. So I think like yeah. as time goes on, you, you can kind of ignore those people. And we have this like really young 
group of people growing up that are just enveloped in all these digital tools. Um, I think it's in Nigeria, the average age is somewhere between like 18 and 22. So that's why you have this huge um, interest there and not just Bitcoin, other cryptocurrencies as, as well. Um, but but they're starting to understand this stuff because they're around it all the time. And I think just as, yeah. as time goes on, I think it's going to be this sort of natural pro uh, progression that we go through where the people that in you know, 15, 20 years from now, they're just going to look at it and say, you know what, this is a thing I can use with my laptop, with my phone. You know what? It makes sense to me. And if it means I'm going to avoid paying all these extra fees in, in uh, credit card payments, you yeah. know, this is just the only logical thing to do. So I, yeah. I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, last question for you. What are you most excited about these days in, in terms of like the Bitcoin space? Um, in the Bitcoin space? Um, I've been excited about a lot of stuff outside of Bitcoin just because I feel like everyone's just having a lot of the same old conversations. Like the only things that are really unique to me now are what developers are doing, which I know is beyond kind of the the mental capacity of a lot of just hodlers who are not builders, you know, but I'm trying to get, expand my brain into that other part, you know, cause I'm, I'm sales marketing, like storytelling content, all that, like the engineers actually get me excited, like listening to what they're doing and just being curious and asking questions. And I love the fact that there's now um, like protocols that help AIs communicate and make micro payments so that AI can scale. Cause there's a massive problem with, how AI payments work now, a lot of fraud and a lot of abusive resources. So that's great because lightning payments for AI will de facto improve and expedite the use of AI, but also the API piece, like 83% of the web is API calls behind the scenes of just tech communicating. So the fact that lightning can impact that and make and solve cash flow problems is really cool. But um, really, beyond those two things and just what developers are doing there. I love the fact that there are tools like Vita that let you stream and your audience can fund you. There's tools like Wavelake, where if you're a musician and I'm a musician and I see you are too, you can post your music on there and your audience can support you. Um, Noster allows people to zap you. Um, Stacker News lets you like share content online and earn. I just love the idea that individuals can earn sats by posting and you know in, in some of these like poor countries they can only earn like one to three dollars a day well i'll tell you like when i'm on stacker news wave lake vita and all these tools put together it's not challenging to make like a dollar or two dollars a day and i'm a nobody in the grand scheme of this so imagine like being intentional about building an audience and getting to a point where you can make 20 a day, 100 a day, and so on. So that's really cool that people have that ability like to earn beyond just like the engineering stuff, which I'm really trying to like learn more and, and enjoy. Yeah, I guess we're going to see like other parts of the world too, where we see more of these content creators just popping up more and more as they see the potential in this. Awesome, yeah. man. Uh, if people want to you know, reach out to you, follow you, where can they find you? Um, I am on Twitter. Uh, the name is I Bobby shell, like the iPhone. So I Bobby shell. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. I do a lot of orange pilling on LinkedIn and sharing content. So that's cool. And um, yeah, I guess I haven't, I've only told like Twitter and Nostra this, but um, I'm at a point, I guess, in my career where I'm trying to like create more content and I'm going to make like a YouTube and Instagram, all that. I'm not a big social fan, but 
I'm going to try to start sharing more of what I've learned over the last like 12 to 15 years of business. So I'll probably be on other channels, but Twitter and LinkedIn are the best too, but I'm really excited to just be um, more helping others over social versus like feeding myself. I felt like as a teenager, I would post pictures to feed my own ego. I would share things that like lifted me up and I got off social for a long time. And now I've just been kind of uh, looking in the mirror at myself and being like, I need to get out there and help more people, you know? And I think Bitcoin changes that about you. And I'm really excited for that. So there'll be other channels, but um, yeah. So I'm excited to share that with the world, but I'd love anyone to say, Hey, on Twitter and connect with me. So I look forward to chatting with some of y'all. It's funny you say that. Cause like I've hated social media for a long time. I'm like, for one, I'm an introvert. I mean, even though I'm doing this show, like I'm a very introverted person. I don't like being in huge crowds. And I've kind of, I've avoided Twitter. I started an account in 2012, essentially put out one tweet and then just let it die for about a decade, actually. And then I, I thought about doing the show. All of a sudden, I'm starting to develop a presence, working on, you know, trying to grow that presence. So again, hit that like and subscribe, follow me yeah. on Twitter if you can. Um, but yeah, I hear you, man. And, and Bitcoin's such a big part of that. And um, I think... I actually get excited about posting things on Twitter because I know that the people I'm reaching out to are fellow Bitcoiners. It's like people that are like-minded that are willing to learn that are willing to admit that they've made mistakes. I know I've certainly made my share of mistakes. So um, yeah, you and I see very, very much eye to eye on this thing. Um, if people want to learn more about voltage, uh, where should they go? Yeah. Our website is voltage.cloud. Um, we got tons of resources on there, like breaking down how lightning works in an easy way. Um, and there's a lot of content about Noster and just how to learn how to run a routing node or how to use lightning. So that's great. Um, and we're present on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. So you can connect with us on there. And I try to do a really good job of building like helpful top of the funnel content so people can understand lightning, the value of it, potential use cases. So, um, hopefully it's a wonderful resource for people that are just, uh, you know, learning about lightning or want to be up to speed on the advancements from the technical side. All right, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Hope to have you on the show again. You bet. All right, Milan. Bye.